Swivel. From Swivel Media and the Product Bus, this is The Bootstrap. I'm Scotty Allen. The Bootstrap is your source of news and resources all about building startups from scratch. On this episode, how a project mindset can kill your startup. It's Tuesday, and that means that this is another Bootstrap Bytes episode. This is where our producer, Declan McGee, and I sit down and have a short discussion about a key issue or key topic in the basics of bootstrapping startups. We are talking today about something that I often observe as a major threat to the early founder and startup journey. So hopefully a good and useful listen for you. Before that, I want to mention and share a couple of things. First off, I want to read to you a small section of an email that I received today from an early stage founder. And they said, I've been very much enjoying your podcast episodes and the in-depth conversations that you have with your guests. I'm proud to say that your podcast has very much become a core part of my startup bootstrapping journey. That is exactly the goal of this content. And so it is so affirming to receive a message like that. And we would love to hear from you about what you are finding useful, what you would find valuable in terms of future content. And you can do that either by messaging us on the Bootstrap page on LinkedIn or also on Instagram. We will get email properly sorted next year, but right now you can message us on those platforms. We would love your feedback. And if you really feel like writing nice things about the program, and you are an Apple Podcasts user, we would love a positive review and rating. Those things really do help boost the show in the algorithm so that other people can find the content. And if you felt moved to support us in that way, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. The other thing I want to mention is that this Thursday's episode is our last bootstrap episode for 2023. We will be back mid-January 2024 with new content twice a week, but we will not be leaving your feeds lonely in the interim. We are going to be bringing you some shortened versions of founder story interviews that we have shared on our other podcast, Starting Line. These are bootstrap founders that are sharing the specifics of their journey. It's more of a narrative style than an interview. And we have chosen some of the best and most relevant examples from that show to share with you over the holidays so that you still have great content to listen to. And we'll be back in mid-January with two brand new shows each week. And with that said and done, we will take a short break and we'll be back with our discussion.
So for our third installment of Bootstrap Bytes, we've got an interesting one, how a project mindset kills startups. Yes, this is just based on my observation of working with a lot of founders and one common trait, I think, often that causes problems. So why don't we start off by just a little explanation of what the difference is between a product mindset and a project mindset. No worries. So obviously the whole premise of uh, bootstrapping and the product bus is all about using a product mindset to help founders understand the startup journey. And a lot of it is really about the finite nature of a project versus the ongoing learning aspect of a product. So most people who have worked in any sort of you know, industry, corporate, a lot of what we do are projects. They are things that have a timeline, they have a deadline, and that could be practical things like we're going to open a restaurant and we need to have everything right by opening night, or we're going to run an event, or it could be things that you do cyclically in a business like an ad campaign, a marketing campaign, a, a a development sprint. All of those are projects and projects are structured and run in a certain way. And we'll get into the detail of that. Product mindset is more, we don't know what the end point looks like because the we, we're just working towards our next goal at the moment. And often in a product mindset, it is questions that we're trying to answer, and we need to do that in a much more holistic way. And so what I find with founders who come from a industry or a role where they are very used to effectively managing projects, starting a startup as if it's a project is something that can really go wrong. Is very much like having a finishing line in sight versus not because you can kind of just burn yourself out right until the end. Whereas with a product, you've got to be able to replicate that. Yes. Yes. That's a really good, really good analogy. And so when you say that a project mindset can kill a startup, what do you mean by that? So I'll go back to the example of an event. If I am organizing an event, then I know all of the different stakeholders that I need to consult, all of the different vendors, suppliers that I need to organize. And I am unlikely to need all of those people to talk to each other. I know what needs to be done. I know what I'm expecting from each of them. And it's my job to ensure that it's all right on the day. So if I'm running an outdoor event, I need to make sure that the the catering arrives and meets our requirements, that the the tent, the chairs arrive and meet our requirements, the entertainment arrives and meet our requirements. But it's unlikely that the band is going to know who the caterer is or have to have to coordinate with them. It happens separately. I'm the project manager. And where what I see often happens in the early stage of a startup when the founder has a project mindset, that they spend their time trying to get all those people organized. 
so I'm we're making a piece of software. So I need a developer. I need a UI designer. I'm going to need a marketing person. I'm going to need a content specialist. I'm going to need a salesperson. And I'm going to spend time getting all of those people organized, telling them what it is that I want done, and then go and do my other foundry things while they make the product. And that obviously doesn't work because <clears throat> A, all the people that are involved need to talk to each other. And some of those personas that we just mentioned are not needed. In fact, I would argue everyone I just listed is comes after you have a strategy together and understand that you have a validated idea, that you understand how you're going to be able to successfully commercialize this or what your hypothesis is for how this is going to be commercially successful. And you've done testing in some low tech way to validate that before you then come up with the requirements for a developer, a designer. And what I've seen happen is times where the founder just ends up really frustrated with those other stakeholders because they haven't really been able to effectively guess what's in their head and produce something. And we talk about this particular piece a lot on this show, but a developer's job is not to validate your business idea. Mm. And it, nor is a designer's. And I've I've come into a number of teams as a fractional product manager where essentially people that don't have the vision and don't have the skills at validating business ideas have essentially been given the job of doing that by the nature of the way that things are structured. So and and then they can get quite stuck. People don't necessarily understand how to communicate to each other things fall over. So I've learned over time when I have a founder come to me and saying, I've been working with these people and they just don't get it. Nothing's happening. I really need help to understand that I'm going to have to go in and really understand how this was framed and how that founder has been leading rather than making an assumption that the problem is the developer or the problem is the mm. designer. Yeah. Yeah. It's that, that, that way of thinking is a little bit like I suppose expecting expecting the builder to critique your architectural plans for a building or something. It's it's very much not having things in the right order. Yeah. Well, I mean, even when you're building a, a house, you do the plans first, uh, and and then a structural engineer validates that yes, this is like physically possible, meets code and not going to fall down. And then there are other people involved in the design elements, but you don't bring all of those people together. You you don't bring a designer in until such time as you know the spaces that they have to design and what your thoughts are. And so spending a lot of time trying to get all the people that you think you need around the table at a start. And worst case, and I've seen this, is where there's been time spent on contracts and lawyers and equity before a single thing has been made only to discover mm. that most of those people are not a good fit and aren't going to deliver. And it can, when I say that it can kill startups, it can mean that the money runs out, the time runs out, the willingness to work on it runs out and the, the product or the business never eventuates. Yeah. Right. And, and so on that, how does a, a product mindset 
better serve a startup in that way and maybe help you sidestep some of these potential uh, pitfalls. Mm-hmm. So in what we traditionally you know, might call a lean or an agile methodology, everything is about assumptions and how we are going to test our assumptions. Or if you want to get you know, really science-y, it is a hypothesis and we need to design experiments to test our hypothesis. And one of the things about the product mindset and using a product mindset to validate ideas is that concept of failing fast, that we, we really want to work out the quickest way as possible to work out if something is going to work or not. And an example that I might use would be um, complex medical diagnoses, where there are a lot of things that aren't just diagnosed by a singular test. They are diagnosed by ruling out a lot of other things to then put together the set of symptoms that you have to make a judgment call that this is what we're dealing with. And that can take quite a long time at points, but it requires that holistic piece. And there's no point in jumping in and saying, oh, it's definitely X and starting treatment for something if you haven't actually really done the work to rule out Y and Z first. Mm. And so in, in the same sense, with a, a business idea is a set of assumptions. It is, I think that this type of person has this type of problem and will use and pay for this solution. So those things can be, they can be fairly safe assumptions if you know the industry, but until such time as you have really got people prepared to put money in mm. your hands or to give you the solution, you don't have validation and you need repeated one, not just your grandma, right? You need like those repeated agreements that, yep, I would absolutely pay to, to do this. So in a project mindset, we go off and we start building and worst case, we try and build the whole thing before we actually, and call it an MVP before we show it to people to then find out whether they would buy it or not. And that is something that can happen when, I'm project managing developers, designers. There are different kind of personas of founders where if they're more into the technical side than the people side and they know Mm. how to get development happening, it's much easier to lean into that and make that happen and think, you know, once we open, if we build it, they will come kind of um, mentality. Whereas product mindset is really all about learning and learning as quickly as possible. And, And I think that's the other. One of the other advantages of the product mindset as opposed to product, the product mindset as opposed to the project mindset is with a lot of projects, the way that we know whether they were successful or not is at the end. So right. we're going to run an event, we're going to try and sell tickets, and then we work out at the end, was that successful? Did we actually make our budget back? What was the feedback that we had? And if we're going to do it again in the future, we might take that feedback to inform uh, how we do it, do it again. Mm. Product isn't like that. And, and often we can fall into this trap of, you know, we just had a, we had a strategic planning day for product bus on the weekend. And often in those places, you can, everyone goes away with jobs to do with the assumption that all of everything that we decided was right. And so then if you right. don't, you know, okay, so it's your job to go out and get X number of clients, my job to go out and create X amount of content. and 
then if we find it's not working, we're like, well, what, why didn't you, why wasn't that successful? Where are the clients? Where really we, we've come up with a set of assumptions that we <clears> then need to decide how to test quickly to see if they are right. So yeah. that, that learning and learning quickly and also understanding that there are going to be failures along the way is something that I think makes product you know, mindset um, the only way to make a startup successful. So that product mindset almost leaves more room for that that need to pivot if it arises, whereas the project, it sounds like you're very much just on the trajectory you're on, whether it's going to work or not. Yeah, I mean, your projects work to an endpoint. And then even like in a like a sprint development cycle, yes, you're constantly improving, but we have two weeks to work on these user stories and, and develop to match. And at the end of those two weeks, we evaluate whether or not they actually meet the requirements and whether they're going to go into the product or whether they're going to go back for more development. But it's, it's still that sort of finite cycle. Obviously, a, a product, developing a product or a startup is full of projects. It's not mm. to say that we don't use projects, but we understand the difference. Yeah. That it's a marathon, not a sprint. So it is right. a journey that is made up of much smaller projects that are designed to experiment and test and see. When you look at the bigger platforms that that we all use in some form in you know, Google, in social media, behind the scenes, there it, there is constant testing of features and interfaces and ways of assessing whether or not things will be successful that just happen behind the services, a natural part of development. Facebook doesn't say, right, we're going to roll out X feature to everyone tomorrow and they're all going to love it. They roll out a few different versions of the idea that they've got to different audiences to see how they react and then reject a lot of that based mm-hmm. on that without ever you know, announcing, haha, new feature coming um, because it's just part of that learning process right and so we've looked at that sort of that maybe lack of iteration and testing as one of the symptoms of the project mindset what what are, what are some other telltale signs that a founder might have adopted that adopted the pro- project mindset project mindset yes the uh, one thing i think in co-founder teams or startup teams in the pre-revenue space is if you have people in in roles, quote unquote, that are not client facing mm. or are not focused on understanding the customer. Because until such time as we you have repeatable sales and you can sell faster than you can deliver, you haven't actually found that product i don't really like product market fit but your positioning right your market positioning and the or market solution fit and so Mm. if and and what i can see happening sometimes in teams is that we divvy it up and say right so i'm developing you're doing content and you're doing sales and then i go away and i'm not thinking about sales at all i'm expecting that you're going to deliver and then when you don't it is like well Jacqueline, why aren't you selling yeah. <laughs> and but then I'm I'm basically living in a fantasy land where we have a business that can support me doing development and not thinking about sales. 
yeah. instead of saying why everyone's energy, you know, doesn't mean that everyone has to be out pounding the pavement, but mm. everyone, everyone's en- energy has to be obsessed with the customer. So yeah. I've heard things in small teams that, you know, haven't finished a product yet where people will say, well, that's a, that's a front end issue. I'm a back end developer. And that's right. fine if you've been hired to be a back end developer, but if you've been, if you are a CTO for equity and you say that, that's a big problem, mm. right? It's like, dude, there are three of you. Right? <laughs> so, so you are in everything. And until, and if we haven't actually found that real confirmation that what we are building is something that people are saying, you know, like, take my money from, then mm. the amount of developing that we should be doing versus testing is strong. So I would say that is a really big sign. And and the other, I think, is when things are too bottlenecked. So if yep. you have a lot of people, you know, and I've made this mistake and, you know, sometimes I felt like my role is chief bottleneck, right? Where, you know, you, you can get the right people on board who could do things, but if ultimately everybody is waiting for you, yep. then you're you're running projects and mm. you're holding knowledge as opposed to planning with the team on what's next and being really transparent about how you're testing. It takes time, but mm. more hands doesn't necessarily make less work. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've learned that through trial and error and at times by thinking I really need somebody that can look after X and then finding it's not that person's fault that they can't be successful right now. They can't be yeah. successful because I haven't got this out of my head enough and I don't have the headspace to do it right now. So it actually just needs to wait. So yeah. I'd say that that is another sign. Mm. Another, another sign, obviously, is when you are pouring cash into something, still trying to find that thing that people will buy. We often talk about like if it's not selling, adding another feature is not going to be the answer. Yeah. If you're spending a lot of money digging into the same assumption and trying to find a different answer to the one that really you're already seeing, then you're probably using a project mindset. I had a point that came up while you were talking about the, you know, people saying, oh, that's a front-end problem or that's a back-end problem because I come from a, a film background. The thing you hear all the time is, oh, that's not my department, which is very funny to hear in a crew of, 10 people or uh-huh. 12 people or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what you find is that kind of at that level, at that early level, everything sort of has to be your department or at least you need to have a knowledge of how it's all working. Yeah. And, but I think, again, this at the, at the end of the day, that is ultimately about the leader and the way that they structure things because yeah. maybe tens too many people, if we don't have you know enough headspace for everyone to get their head around what mm. we're doing, we'd be better off with six. And often in a in a startup, we people hire the wrong people. They hire people for what they want to be rather than what they are right now. You know, you need generalists. You need the Swiss Army mm. knife, not the precision knife, because people yeah. will people if they haven't worked in that space and they they are used to being more a a function or being in a really specific role then yep. often they don't understand what happens around them to get mm. the job done. Yeah. <laughs> so we've had a little look at kind of what to avoid and sort of some of the warning signs. In what ways can founders make sure that they're adopting a product mindset instead? 
look, strategy first. Strategy before everything. If you're going to put any budget into somebody helping you, uh, get a strategist. Obviously very biased because product managers, that's what that's what we do. But yeah. often, even in startups where you are funded, product managers often come in a bit later in the piece where people have decided strategy without a strategist. And then you have to try and work out how to turn things around a bit to avoid the iceberg that's coming. Yeah. And where, where uh, and really, really fast validation, um, right. things that, that you can do through learning, surveys, talking to find out either is this a solution you want or is this a feature that's going to be successful? There's this like one style of building is building <clears throat> on spec where you know, like you've got you've got the plans and we're going to build three houses there because we know that they're going to sell. And if you do your research properly on areas and types of houses that people in that area are going to want, then you can take a fairly safe bet on building on spec. But that doesn't work with software. It doesn't work with products where yeah. people will get that kind of confirmation bias and think, oh, we need to build all this because I know. Mm -hmm. Or, But I think really understanding, learning, and, and I think it's the sort of thing that you just cannot do successfully by yourself. One thing right. that as Product Bus is growing and new product managers come in, one thing that I've been doing is asking them to come in first and treat us like a client and right. do the analysis that they would do on a, the business model and the business idea for mm. that they would do with a client. And A, that helps me see where they're at, but B, it is that thing of, you know, everyone's going to have things, insights that I don't have. And yeah. I'm not defensive of what I've done. I'm proud of what we've done so far, but I know mm. it can always be improved. I'm not defensive of it. I, that's, that'll be the death of it when we have to do it that way because we've always done it. And so yeah. the, more, the more quickly in product mindset that you can invite constructive criticism, um, that you can find groups and ways where you can safely invite people to essentially tear apart your idea and try and find a better one, all mm. of that. So product mindset is where you don't go into the process half-hearted. You've got to be fully committed to an entrepreneurial journey, but where you hold on to your ideas very loosely until you get real confirmation that is not just your mates around the table going, oh, mate, that sounds amazing. I think product mindset invites constructive criticism it invites different ideas and it <clears throat> understands assumptions assumptions not a dirty word yeah it is a it actually it is it is an assumption it's a hypothesis until such time as you can test it i, I think another thing that founders can do to adopt a product mindset is to do validation in very low cost ways so you can do a quick landing page on a no code site to put an idea out there and see if you get interest put together a a quick a a quick video explaining your idea and <clears throat> ask the right people for feedback and then take that seriously because 
the number of times that I work with people where it comes down to their answer to things is I know. Yeah. And that that's always, we didn't include that in red flags, but it should, it's probably like a junior red <laughs> flag. Like I, we're doing this <laughs> because I know, or- you know, I know it's like, well, uh, it can be extremely frustrating. And like- yeah. So it's all about the, you know, feedback being very central and making sure you're flexible to change when it needs to happen and all that sort of thing. We make plans instead of design tests. We plan, mm. right, we're going to do this campaign, we're going to do X, and we don't work out how are we going to measure success of this other than at the end. And on the product marketing side, I've been involved in a lot of that where we, you know, we, we don't have those, let, let's test this. And we, often we feel like we don't have the time, right? Like, we you know, we're a small business, we don't have time to run A-B testing ads and all of those pieces. But it really does make a difference. If I spend a hundred bucks on running an ad to see that it just does not get engagement, that's a hell of a lot better than spending five grand on it to discover that. It might take a tiny bit longer, but you can do that stuff fairly quickly. So learn quickly, test quickly, fail quickly, try again. So if you had to sum up sort of the main point of choosing a product mindset over a project mindset in a startup, what would you say? You need to have explicit discussions about that with the people that you're working with. Give Mm. people permission to call out when you're falling into that and have like build structure around those processes. So they actually become the, the rituals of your business. And I think that importance of giving people permission to have different ideas, to point out issues that they see with ideas and not just leaning on your own confirmation bias. That, that to me is absolutely key. Brilliant. Well, thanks again, Scotty. Thank you. I'll come back anytime. And that's the bootstrap for this episode. If you're enjoying this content, please take a moment to share it with someone else that you think might appreciate it. And of course, a positive rating and review on your podcast platform of choice will always be appreciated. We are on LinkedIn as the bootstrap startups from scratch. We are also on Instagram and threads, and we'd love to connect with you there. The bootstrap is a production of Swivel Media and the product bus. It was created by me, Scotty Allen, and Declan McGee. This episode was produced and written by Declan McGee. We are edited by Sammy Perryman. Original sound designed by Rob Clark. If you're an early stage founder looking for support and resources, check out theproductbus.com.